As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. One of them stood up and said, we were making them look like a bunch of idiots. And my thought was, we didn't do it. The person who was being represented in that story did a good job of it himself. From the Fox 6 studios, this is Open Record. We're investigative reporters breaking down the big stories, what it took to get them, taking you behind the scenes. It's the stuff we couldn't tell you on TV. On this episode, disappearing cars and an expensive surprise. The special fee some towing companies are charging in Milwaukee. Hello, everyone. I'm Jenna Sachs here with Brian Polson. Hi, Jenna. And Amanda St. Hilaire. Hello. You should never park your car where you're not supposed to, because if you do, you might get an expensive surprise, a towing bill that costs more than some people's car payment. Private property towing is a booming industry in Milwaukee, with dozens of companies now licensed to do it. And Brian found some companies are adding questionable extra fees to their towing bills. It is one of the most common complaints we get from viewers and have for years. They thought their car was stolen. They found out it was actually towed. But the biggest surprise is when they go to pick the car up and the tow company hands them a bill. That's quite a bit of money for a young man. It was kind of just shock. I wanted to cry. It's crazy. I did not have $350 just to give away. It's highway robbery. So these are not cases where someone calls the tow company because their car broke down? Right. This is not like you've picked a company out of the phone book, like there are phone books anymore, but like you've picked a company on your own off of Google or something. I've got to make this modern. Uh, This is where you've parked somewhere perhaps you shouldn't have been, um, maybe parked illegally, parked in someone else's space at your complex, a handicapped spot, or because you didn't have the proper permit displayed in the window. And let's face it, if you park where you're not supposed to be or without the proper permit showing, you're responsible for paying the towing bill. Still, there are limits to just how big that bill should be. So are these situations where the landlord calls to have a car towed and the towing company responds to haul the car away? That's really more common in terms of how it used to be. But state law was changed a few years ago, and before that, landlords had to call police if there was a car they wanted removed from their property. They'd have to wait rather for police to write a ticket, and in fact, then they'd have to wait another 24 hours after the ticket was written, and then they could finally call to have a towing company have that nuisance vehicle towed. So how does it work now? Well, in 2016, so this is three years ago, lawmakers cut police out of the process. Now, a property owner can call to have a vehicle towed without anyone writing a ticket. But some towing companies have gone a step further. They're going out and actually shopping themselves around, actively pursuing contracts, these standing agreements with property owners and managers to patrol their parking lots and help clear them of unauthorized vehicles. Landlords love it because it doesn't cost them a dime. We were expecting some sort of a uh, a fee or or a subscription, uh, but we don't have to pay anything. 
That's Hector Padin, an apartment manager who hired a company called Always Towing to patrol his lot on the south side. He says after a month or two, his tenants got the message, and he hasn't had any parking problems since. So it's great for the property owners who need to get rid of nuisance vehicles. Why has it become so controversial? Well, the towing company only makes money, of course, if they tow cars because the people who come pick them up pay these fees. So the more cars they tow, the more money they make. That's just a natural financial incentive to tow as many cars as possible and, of course, to charge as much as the law will allow. And how much is that? Uh, It is technically $150, the maximum fee, for a non-consensual private property tow. The state law says $150 is the most they could charge. But there are all sorts of extra fees they can tack on to that. So, for instance, a typical overnight tow would be that $150 maximum plus $25 for one day of storage and a $35 fee that goes to whatever city this is located in for a maximum total of $210 plus tax. So you're finding some companies are actually charging even more than that? Yeah, they are. And that's because of one additional fee that state regulators allowed to accommodate for these unusual towing circumstances, like towing a very heavy vehicle, a school bus or a semi, for instance, or when a vehicle's parked in a place with space limitations, like an underground parking garage where you can't really get a tow truck in very easily. In cases like that, the law allows towing companies to charge a so-called special equipment fee of up to another $150 more, which literally doubles the base cost of the tow. So when you talk about special equipment, just the name implies, okay, this is a rare thing, this is a once in a while thing, but you found that some companies are charging this fee pretty routinely. Yeah, and, and one in particular who we focused on before, Always Towing, the biggest player in the private property towing industry in Milwaukee, and we found they charge this extra fee virtually every time they tow a car from private property. And in June, we were watching Producer Pete and I were keeping an eye on a lot on the east side. It's a parking lot that we know always towing, frequently tows cars from based on some records we obtained from the city. And we saw them tow a car that night without using any special equipment. Naturally, we wanted to know, did they charge for it? And sure enough, when we were able to track down the car's owner, we found the company did charge them for using that special equipment anyway. It means that we were charged for something that wasn't necessary. We got taken. Well, they got, we got charged for something they didn't do. That's Karen Schmidting and Kevin Ryan. They are husband and wife, and they own the 2009 Toyota Corolla that we caught on hidden camera being towed without any use of special equipment. After our story, they requested a refund from Always Towing, but... It was the response they got that really seemed to upset them. What was the response? So I was actually on vacation when I received this message from Karen Schmidting. Uh, She had gotten, she had sent an email. Actually, she started by calling Always Towing and said, we'd like to complain to someone. Have you seen the news story? They have this video. And they told her to send an email. The first time she sent the email, she says it was kicked back. It was not the correct email. So they finally track down the right one. They send an email, and they get a response the same day. And that response essentially said, well, the story shows the car being loaded, but it doesn't show it being unloaded. And they, in fact, insinuated that that was perhaps intentional on our part, that we didn't show the unloading process, even though, of course, the unloading of a vehicle that's been towed happens behind a locked gate. You can't see it from the public street. Um, But they said because of that, the request was denied. And at that point, I could tell the car's owner was pretty upset, and she was determined to do a follow-up story. Well, if you don't need special equipment to load a car, 
why would you need special equipment to unload a car? That's the very question I've been trying to ask Always Towing ever since I saw this email. And I started by reaching out to their attorney, Michael Maestelman, who had done a sit-down interview with us the first time. And in that interview, he acknowledged that they charge this special equipment fee anytime they tow a car where they don't have the owner's keys. We have to follow the manufacturer's recommendations for when we tow a car. That's not what the law says. That's fine. That's fine. But that is our interpretation. Their reasoning or explanation for that is that in a case where you don't have a vehicle owner's keys, like they've called you to tow their vehicle, uh, there might be a situation where, say, the it's front-wheel drive vehicle and you can't access the car from the front so that the back wheels can roll. And to protect the transmission, you've got to use what they refer to as special equipment. So they have deemed it in the towing industry to mean wheel dollies that can be put under uh, uh, front wheels or back wheels and then sort of the, the car rolls around on those. Or go-jacks is another term. Uh, skates is a term they use. There's a number of different uh, terms for the, the equipment that can be placed under a vehicle's wheel so that it can slide around more easily. And then they can load it without doing damage to the transmission. Um, in this case, we wanted to know, did you use any of that equipment on the vehicle? We didn't see it in our video, so why did you charge for it? After the story aired, I reached back out to Mike Tarantino, and he said he'd get back to me. And uh, eventually, all I got was a three-paragraph written statement from the company that didn't say anything about this specific case. It just talked in general terms about using special equipment to protect vehicles, about their concern for the environment and recycling salvaged vehicles, vital service they provide to the community, and so on. But they didn't address my specific question here, and it really left us wondering, why would you need to use special equipment to unload but not to load? Well, and in this case, it left the couple looking at what their next step was. Absolutely. And so one of the first things they did was to write the City of Milwaukee Licenses Division, which regulates towing companies. And uh, they are now, in fact, requesting revocation of the company's license because they believe this was, uh, in their view, this was dishonest. Yeah, now, you mentioned that you've done stories about towing companies before. I know we get complaints to Contact 6 often about them sure. as well. What have you reported on them in the past? Well, so this first really came up. And now, I've been here 15 years at Fox 6 News, and I've been getting complaints about towing companies for a long, long time. But in the past, it used to be that police would come write a ticket, they'd tow a vehicle away, there was a paper trail, there was someone who said, yes, this car shouldn't be here, someone in a position of authority. And, and there wasn't really much we could do for the consumer. They had to pay whatever the bill was. There were concerns even back then about how high these bills were, but there was no real regulation of those fees. So there wasn't much we could do. In 2016, the law changed where police are no longer involved. But as a part of that process, the Department of Transportation actually set up these limits on what can be charged. And so we continued getting complaints after that that there were companies that were charging these exorbitant amounts and it didn't match with what was in the state law. One of the first stories I did was with a different company, a company called Cars Inc. We got a lot of complaints about Cars Inc. And uh, if you've watched the stories, for good reason, the, the person who was operating the business at the time, a guy named Sean Braden, he was a real piece of work. He was a hothead. And uh, he, we had some pretty interesting moments engaging on camera. In their case, they were even towing cars from properties where they claimed to have a contract and didn't. 
or we would find out after the fact that they had a previous agreement, but that had expired, and they it's were just the wild, cars. wild west. Absolutely, and it wasn't even clear in some cases if these were cars that were or were not supposed to be there. We had one situation where the vehicle owner had parked in an O'Reilly auto parts store and had a note from the manager of the store saying, "Yes, you can park your car here overnight." And sure enough, the car got towed away, and he had to pay the charges. The agreement that was signed with the towing company for them to patrol the lot was signed by the same guy, same exact signature. So the same guy saying, you can tow the car, is the one who said, sure, you can park here. So we did those stories. And after we did those initial stories, the city of Milwaukee at the time was considering this, you know, should we regulate towing companies? Because at the time, there was no regulation in the city. There was no licensing. Anyone could tow a vehicle. If you had a truck and a hook, you could do it. There was no regulation. So, so I could have Amanda St. Hilaire towing absolutely, show up. And you wouldn't have to sign up for any licensing or anything like that at, at the time. They decided, and, and at the hearings for the ordinance that would set up this whole regulatory process, Milwaukee Alderman played our story. Uh, our series of stories and a lot of representatives of the towing industry were there they weren't very happy with it one of them stood up and said we were making them look like a bunch of idiots and my thought was we didn't do it the person who was being represented that story did a good job of it himself Um, but it helped propel this legislation and so now the city regulates towing companies but that hasn't been the end of it after that story we kept getting calls you've got to do something on always towing. You're kind of missing the big picture. If you don't do something on this company, they're the big dogs. And sure enough, data we've obtained from the city shows they do more of these private property tows than anybody. And they were by far in my history here, the ones with the biggest number of complaints. And it looks like from what you said before that a typical tow might be about $210. Just without... Well, according to this, this uh, the way the statute's written and the way, the way DOT, DOT regulations have been set up, yes, that should be. I don't know if that's what actually is typical in practice. Mm-hmm. We do hear of other companies that are charging these $350, $400 fees for a tow that happened maybe at midnight and somebody's picking up six hours later, or eight hours, nine hours later. Um, so it, it's not clear how often it's happening and how many other companies are doing it. At least according to those state regulations, $210 ought to be, other than adding taxes, the maximum fee for most of these tows. I used to work in Pennsylvania and had done some towing stories there, and there was no dollar amount cap on what towing companies could charge. So why is the state involved in setting that limit? What's the reasoning behind that? Well, and that's one of the things I spoke to Dan Johnson of the Wisconsin Towing Association, and he said he was part of this whole process. He said it is unusual for the state to get involved in setting maximum prices in any industry. But this is a case where it's an unusual setup because the customer of the towing company isn't the person who gets towed. The customer is the landlord or property owner, and they're right. getting the service for free. So you don't need to regulate those prices. The people who are getting charged are people whose cars are being taken against their will. Now, the argument is certainly there that if they're parked in a place they shouldn't be, they're responsible for it in the first place. So I've got a lot of comments on these stories on social media where people have said, if you don't park where you shouldn't be, this isn't a problem. And there's some truth to that, except we have been able to find in, in, through many of these stories that some of these toes are questionable. It's a person who's parked in their own spot at their own apartment complex, and maybe they uh, had a sticker that had fallen off and wasn't visible, or maybe they had a rental car for the week because their other car was in the shop, or maybe they are just poor and haven't been able to get the car properly registered, but they are parked where they're supposed to be. They're not taking up someone else's parking spot 
in many of those cases, the cars get towed anyway. And when the owner of the vehicle complains to the landlord, says, hey, you know that's my space. The landlord will go to the towing company, and the towing company's response is, hey, we didn't see a sticker. We had a right to tow them. The point being that really they're the decision makers as to what is a violation. They get to charge for the violation, and they get to decide if they did the right thing or not. There's really no oversight until you get to something like maybe the city uh, licenses committee. And there are, I mean, there are different forms of oversight over other businesses to protect consumers. So in this case, like you pointed out, it's interesting because the consumer is not necessarily the customer. Did you take any steps to try to interview the the head of Always Towing for the story? I know you said you got a statement afterwards. Well, we got the statement for this second story because the most recent story was the, what's this explanation about the unloading process? It seemed like an excuse that didn't make a lot of sense. If you didn't use the equipment to load then are you, you're justifying what you charged based on something we couldn't see, the unloading process. I wanted to ask them about that. And when the attorney uh, wouldn't do an interview the second time around and we got a written statement that doesn't answer our questions, the natural thing is, well, we're going to go try to find someone who's involved in the day-to-day operations. And Mike Tarantino is the general manager of Always Towing. He is the one who appears with the attorney before the licenses committee whenever they have issues. And I've interviewed him before. Three years ago, they invited us onto their property to talk about their procedures and what they do, um, but not this time around. So I wanted to speak to him, and as as sort of serendipity would have it, a couple of days before this most recent story aired, I got a tip from someone that there was a meeting, and it was taking place among all the tow companies in the city. They were meeting with the city of Milwaukee to talk about the towing ordinance, and it was happening in 15 or 20 minutes from the time I was getting this tip, and it was happening at a parking services garage on Canal Street, and here we are in Brown Deer, and I said, well, I didn't know anything about this meeting. We got to go. So I grabbed a photographer. We headed down. Jerry Immig and I uh, went to figure out what's this meeting all about, and does it affect the things we've been covering? And we got there and we found our way into this meeting. It wasn't really set up for the public to attend, but we did ask permission to come in. And ultimately they allowed us to come in not only to view the meeting, but to bring a camera in. And uh, since then the city has told us that was a courtesy, that it wasn't technically a public meeting and they didn't have to let us in. But nonetheless, we had permission to be there. And I look across the room and I see none other than Mike Tarantino. And I thought, well, he's here and I have a camera. I should ask him. So we waited for the meeting to conclude, and I approached him, and I said, Mike, could we have a word? And he just walked away from me. He didn't say, no, thank you, or you speak to my attorney, or our statement speaks for itself. He just turned around and walked away. So I followed him, and I kept asking questions, and he didn't answer any of them. And eventually he said, thank you, and he moved on. And we moved on, and then we included that in our in our story. So it sounds like the the big picture here is there's supposed to be this legal limit for what's charged. You have companies, in this case, the focus is always towing, but like you said, we don't know exactly who's doing how much of what, but they essentially found this loophole where they could keep racking up those charges. If you feel like that's happening to you, what can you do? Where do you go? Because the company, if they're not giving you any relief, sometimes it feels like that's the end of it and you've got to pay the bill and story finished. Well, you always have the option, of course, of something like this to go to small claims court, right? You can do that. But for so many of these people, they are people without means to begin with. They're driving a car that might be worth a few thousand dollars, but to them, that's everything. That's the way to get to work, to way to get to daycare. It's the only possession they have to get to these various places. 
and they don't have the $350 or $400 to pay these bills, much less to now on top of that have to pay for uh, the small claims court fees and take the time to go to court. So many, in fact, most just don't bother. And and so it, it is an option, but it's one that many people find inaccessible to them. The city of Milwaukee now, as the licensing body, does have the authority to hold them accountable for following city ordinance. But if you file a complaint with the city, in most cases, they won't take it up until that licensee is up for renewal. And for towing companies, that happens once every two years. So if you have a towing issue that you think was inappropriate and you're out $400 and you want something to be done about it, it may not be taken up even for another year and a half, two years that's not going to help you much in the meantime. So there haven't been a lot of options uh, for people. There still really don't remain a lot of options in terms of what you can do about that. Um, Again, court's an option. You can complain to the Wisconsin Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection. Jenna, you know Mm -hmm. a lot of people you direct that way. Um, But that ends up being uh, more of a mediation in a sense where they'll take your complaint, they'll run it by the company if the company has what they believe is a legitimate explanation for it, they're going to direct you to court anyway. So there, right now, there really aren't a lot of options if you think you've been wronged in that way, unless you're willing to take them to court. So what happens next for Always Towing? Well, for Karen Schmidting and, and her husband, they have now, they did actually take the step to file a small claims case. So they have that uh, going for them. What they also did, though, is they filed a complaint with the licenses division seeking revocation of Always Towing's license. And that's important. They actually had to get that notarized because it's an official request for revocation. Because of that, instead of waiting until their next license renewal, which is next spring, I think it's next May, uh, the city now can hold a hearing on that at the next meeting. And that could be as soon as October 1st. So there's more to come on this. In addition to that, while all this was pending, Alderman Nick Kovac, who is the chairman of the Licenses Committee, is introducing legislation that would require all towing companies in the city to send electronic receipts of every tow they do, including a breakdown of charges and explanations for any special equipment charges specifically. Up until now, the question has been, how often are they charging for this supposedly special thing? And we don't know. Um, We have an indication that Always Always Towing is doing it almost every time, but we really don't know for certain, and they haven't answered that question, even though I've asked it. If this passes, we're gonna know over time how often this is being charged, and is it really all that special? That's the dinner bell, which means it's time for our dinner party question. This is a weekly segment where we answer questions we most often get asked as journalists at parties or events or whenever we're out and about. There is a catch. We have no idea what the question is, and we do have several envelopes in front of us. So I'm going to pick one at random right now. I always go for the middle of the pile. What is your favorite place to eat when you are in a hurry for a story? Hmm, that's, you know, if, if Josh Dewar were still at Fox 6 News, that'd be an easy answer for him because it was always Subway. Everyone knew Josh Dewar. If there was a Subway on the way, we're stopping at and Subway. And he would get two subs because he ran marathons and he Yeah, that's the, the thing. He could, eat, he could eat two subs and it wouldn't show because he was going to burn it all off running. Um, 
boy, do I have, I don't know if I have a favorite place I when I'm in say, a hurry. I will say, in this business, it's really easy to fall into bad habits oh, yeah. when it comes to getting fast food. I've t- worked with a lot of photographers and reporters over the years who are trying to cut, you know, a McDonald's habit or a Taco Bell habit. You know, it's just or so easy to Or all the above habit. <laughs> right. I, I go to Sendix a lot just because I feel like they've got a, f- a fresh area where I can get like a Greek salad or some sushi. That's or something. your go-to in a hurry. Yeah, That's you can really run hungry. in and out of Sendix, or else we have Larry's Market across the street. So I, I, I like to get something fresher. I'm not. I don't eat fast food. I haven't in a long time. It seems like a humble brag. <laughs> <laughs> but I prefer to go into like a market really fast and get something a little healthier so that I feel a little better about it. I, on the other hand, am a fast food connoisseur. So my um, car at any given point probably has a, a McDonald's bag or a Taco Bell bag. That's kind of the uh, go-to in a hurry. I, I need to keep reminding myself that I can't eat like I'm pregnant anymore because that was kind of the running joke when I was is I always had a ridiculous amount of food at my desk from whatever fast food place was closest. And that's not even being in a hurry. Like there's no excuse. I just, I don't like to cook and I don't cook well. I would rather people make food that I can eat. So once every cup holder in your car is full of a fountain drink, you know, you're on a bad run. Yeah. That happens more often than I'd care to admit. I, I, when I was in Des Moines, I like to talk about Iowa a lot, my time there, but we had, and this was news stations. I don't think do this anymore, but they had uh, the newsroom had, or, or news director had a deal. If you got sent out of the County for a story, you could get lunch paid for by the company. And we had Casey's general store credit cards. So the photographer would fill up, gas and we'd go in and Casey's has fantastic pizza and it would be a fight in the morning meeting when there was a story pitch that was outside the county everyone wanted that story (laughs) good incentive because it was going to be free lunch and I I ate an awful lot of Casey's pizza and other fast food hot things that year probably some of the worst eating I've done in my life because general assignment I mean you're from the moment you leave the newsroom you're under a time clock you're like eating so while you're, you're driving eat, if it's close if it's handy you're going to eat it and if you haven't planned well you're probably not going to eat well the equivalent here would probably be like quick trip because oh, in course, our minds yeah. we all we know the good the gas stations with the good bathrooms yep. and we know the with the good food we know I'd rather go to a McDonald's bathroom it's like the same thing you got you got to find the clean places that you feel comfortable um stopping in really quick that should be one of our dinner party questions where are the best bathrooms are the best in bathrooms? Milwaukee Let, let's not and say we did reporters, <laughs> <laughs> news reporters know that though and photographers too that's true we're a wealth of truly important knowledge I do know that when when we often will go to Madison for stories of course being the state capital there's a lot of reasons to go there whether you're talking to someone from a state agency or a lawmaker or whatever and and our now news director Jim Wilson when he was still a photographer and would go back and forth everyone who's ever worked with Jim knows if you're on the way back from Madison you're going to stop at the pine cone and you're going to get a cookie and and uh, it, it didn't matter if we were in a hurry. It didn't matter if we were under deadline and we were late. We were stopping at the pine cone and we were going to get a cookie. For our crews that are out, though, turning the day-to-day stories, they often write and edit their stories in restaurants around town. So you'll often see a crew at a Panera. Starbucks like a, is a good place. Starbucks and Noodles and Company. So they like somewhere where they can sit up, sit down and spread out all of our equipment. So we do a lot of work in weird, unexpected places. You might see a news crew out about doing all sorts of things, um, just eating dinner. We once got in trouble because we parked at a mall 
and we were we were writing a story in a Panera at a mall, and the mall security had surrounded our live truck by the time <laughs> we came out and said, you didn't have permission to be in this mall. What were you shooting here? And we were like, we just wanted to have some dinner. <laughs> I wanted a you, Did they back I wanted off? A you pick two <laughs> with a soup and a salad. And then they backed off, but... Yeah, sometimes they don't like seeing that live truck outside. Yeah, that, I guess that can be a scary thing if, if you don't know what it's for, if you don't see it coming. Thanks for listening to Open Record. We'd also like to thank the people behind the scenes making this podcast happen. Producer Pete, Dave Machuda, and Leon Watson. If you enjoy listening, let us know. And also, if you like the You Pick too, you can leave a <laughs> review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to check out Fox 6's other podcasts, Definitely Milwaukee with Carl Deffenbaugh. If you want more open record, just head to our website, fox6now.com. Fox 6.